Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, it's a third consecutive victory Monday for the New York Jets, and it feels like a loss. We talked about the quarterback play, what we want to see better. We talked about some positives, too, and we gave you our player of the game, of course. All that and a whole lot more coming up on In-Flight Snack right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season with MLB postseason, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for all your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both a desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline, and the Jets win it in overtime, and honestly, I'm not sure how! It's a toss for Powell, he's got the angle, he's got blockers, Powell working the sidelines! goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Wins here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name's Rami Lavi. That's Bilal Powell. And although it may not feel like it, we have a third consecutive victory Monday. The Jets win their third game in a row. They win against the Giants. But it's another win that feels like a loss. You have four wins this year right now, and it feels like a loss. And here's the problem. Here's the thing. Last year, they were 7-4. and four, And they were winning games but they didn't make a change at the quarterback position. They didn't fix the mistakes they were making on a weekly basis and it ultimately cost them. Eventually they started losing games for those same reasons because they didn't take advantage of the time that they were winning to make the necessary adjustments. You cannot do that again this year. If you continue to fail to make adjustments while you're winning, eventually it's going to lead you to losses. And so while it feels good, you're four and three, you're back in the playoff race. You have to improve. You have to make changes because if you keep playing the way they played yesterday, you're going to lose a lot more games than you win. I'm sorry to be a downer, but that's just how it is. Good morning, Bilal. Happy Victory Monday, I guess. Again, 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 three in a row. I'm excited for three in a row, but like you said, it was a very ugly third win for us. I think it's probably one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life. Um, 
looking at the game. If you didn't catch the game, looking at it on paper was ugly. And I'm sure it was ugly on radio. I think it was just an all-around ugly game, but it was a win. And here's the thing that I have, all right? When you're playing the way the defense is playing, you almost feel bad for them guys. We talked about them improving on third down, and they did a great job on third down. Offense needs more improvement everywhere, all the way around. They need more improvement. And the injuries up front is not going to help right now. Um, So I know Joe Douglas, that organization front office, it's time to go to work because that's that's that was a big mishap early in the year, and now it's even worse. So that's gonna that's gonna be something that we got to see what our front office is made of, because it's not gonna help Zach Wilson. Because even with a great O line, I think this guy isn't he isn't the guy. I'm sorry. Um, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt early on in this year, but he's not turned the corner yet, and now we're about to get in the bulk of hard football wins and he's just not the guy man and and i feel so bad for the for the special team unit who's playing great and i feel bad for the defense like we saw right now in that game how it looks and how ugly it can get when the defense does not create turnovers and and thank goodness that it was the New York Giants last night. If it was any other team in the league, I don't think – I think that was a – if we play the Eagles that way, the way we played last night, they beat us by 40. So another win is a win, an ugly win, and I'll take it. Not only is it the New York Giants, but it's their third-string quarterback, right, who Danny DeVito or whatever, Tommy DeVito, I know it's Tommy, but Danny DeVito, who they didn't allow him to attempt to pass. He didn't attempt a forward pass in the second half. And the Jets should have. I know they didn't, but they almost and came very close and easily should have and could have lost a game to a team that had negative nine yard passing in the game. They had negative nine passing yards in the game. And you almost lost this team. So for everyone who's happy about the win and Zach Wilson did enough and he did, he didn't. I'm And I'm losing all confidence I had in this coaching staff because I thought they're resilient. They showed, but you show me nothing. You're showing me that you're not willing to improve. You're not willing to make adjustments. You're going to go out there and watch this. How did you watch that for four quarters last night, all but the last 24 seconds of the game, and think this was okay and think anything good was going to come of this? Honestly, you have to take your hat off to the New York Giants making their adjustments at halftime. They came out running the ball very well in the second yep. half. Yeah. And and they and they understood the mission. We have a third-string quarterback in. Guys, we have to run the ball. We have to run the ball. They came out and had some explosive runs. Even Tommy DeVito, I mean, this guy gets in the end zone on an easy pull-read zone that is so easy to stop at the national football level. They made good adjustments. And honestly, what I was looking at, it didn't look like the New York Jets made any adjustments on the offensive side of the ball. They struggled all game. The New York Giants made a good adjustment at halftime. They came out explosive. They did what they needed to do to win the game. And if you take away two missed field goals, the New York Giants win this game with a third-string quarterback. Yes. They had never played in a national football game. That, that was an ugly win. 
So, you know, you got to take your hat off to that staff over there making their adjustments, finding the weaknesses that we talked about last week. We talked about the making the adjustments, and I just didn't see that from the New York Jets offense. Yeah, two things. The Jets this is the first time they've won a game without turning a team over since 2021. It's been two years since they won a game that they hadn't forced a turnover in. So that just tells you, yeah, this defense is so reliant on the turnover. And like you said, the two missed field goals, that's the difference in this game, right? People are trying to blame Brian Dable. Like Brian Dable knew what the assignment was. Maybe he listened to our podcast from Friday because I said it on Friday. Teams are going to come out here, look at this Jets team and say, if we don't turn the ball over, if we just control the clock, they were on the field for 38 minutes, the Giants offense. The Jets were on the field for 22. So that tells you everything you need to know, right? If we just control the clock and we control the time of possession and we run the ball and we don't turn the ball over, we'll let the Jets beat themselves. And that's what they did. The Jets essentially beat themselves for four quarters. And then 24 seconds, they got a miracle that they weren't down by six or nine. And that's why they were able to come back and win this game. The Jets beat themselves, whether you look at the penalties, whether you look at the plays on offense, the sloppy plays. But ultimately, the Jets beat themselves because of their quarterback. Their quarterback, he doesn't take chances. He's terrified out there. He has zero awareness. And I'm sorry to all... The Zach apologist, who I won't understand, you, whoever you are, I'm getting ridiculed online by people who have different Jets players in their profile picture, and their name is JetFan123. I'm sorry, I don't know what you're watching, but you can come at me all you want. This kid is not good. And the worst thing that happened for the Jets, and Willie Cologne said this today on this morning on the Carton Show, the worst thing that happened for the Jets was the Kansas City game because you lost the game anyway and Zach Wilson made four had four drives where he looked really good and since then everyone's talking about him like he's this entirely changed new quarterback if he doesn't have those four drives we're talking about Zach Wilson the exact same way we were talking about him last year because that's what he's been for the last 3 weeks ever since that game against Kansas City he's been awful before that game against Kansas City he was awful the one outlier is the Kansas City game and he's terrible outside of that you cannot keep going with this quarterback. And, and you know what, Rami? I get it. I understand we're playing with third string offensive linemen, practice squad guys who were elevated this week. Yeah. You could, you could, you could, I, I, I get it. But it's part of the game. Injuries happen, right? We're all professionals. This, this is a next man up business. You can, you can say, hey, Zach Wilson had a, Horrible game. Or you can say, hey, man, a lot of the things that happened, the defense not tackling in the second half, the defense having costly penalties, the skill guys dropping ball. We saw three drops from Alan Lazard, two drops from Alan Lazard. We saw a drop, a drop from yep. Garrett, Garrett Wilson. We saw a drop from Brees Hall late that I think it could have been an explosive play. There are so many pieces that could say, hey, you know, we're just not playing good football from the offensive side of the ball. You can, you can blame Zach. Yeah, I get it. But also, just the basic things from a quarterback that you need from your quarterback is if it's an all-out blitz, you have to have a, a shot clock go off in your head. You have to know where to go with the ball. And to me, I'm looking at the offense. And some, and some offenses, routes are built in to beat the blitz. I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing Zach get to his hot route. A hot route is to beat the blitz. If they send more than we can handle, there's someone open. Or there's man-to-man. Someone has to get open. 
you saw early on, they just looked like they were lost. They were not communicating well. We saw uh, Xavier Gibson look like, I don't know if he was supposed to catch a, a route and get going to beat the blitz, but you saw Zach Wilson double pump and then just throw the ball away. Like, and then you look at the replay, at Xavier Gibson looks like he was running one route, then decides to, oh, I'm messing up the route and then get into another route. And it was just sloppy. So a lot of that looks like there is a lack of communication on the offensive side of the ball. If you jump into a bear front, a bear front is when all five O-linemen are covered. That's the number one alert for man-to-man, Zach Wilson. So get to your man-beating progression. Like, he has to understand that as a, as a starting quarterback in his third season in the National Football League. How many times yesterday did it feel like the, the clock was running down, the, the play clock was running down, and he's looking panicked, yelling out motions. They had to call timeout at one point because of it. So exactly what you're saying, he looks totally unaware. Like he has no idea what's going on. And you and I talked about this. I'm sure the Jets knew that the Giants were going to try and bring pressure. We talked about it all week last week. How do you not know if you're on the team to be ready for that? And that's the thing. He hesitates. Again, we're going to watch. We talked about this before we start recording. We we both want to watch the film of this game because we don't want to wrongfully accuse him of anything. But so we'll watch the tape. We'll see if maybe there were guys open, but he just has to take a chance. Even that last sack at the end of the game on fourth and 10, he takes a sack. Just throw it up. The the game's over. Just you think the game's over. Just throw it up. Force someone to make a play. What's the worst that could happen? It's like he's so scared of throwing an interception that he's not willing to make a mistake. And you talk about the mistakes by everyone else, the drops, the offensive line, the defensive line. Sure. Yes, I, I, I'll i give you that. There were mistakes. Not everything is on him. But every single mistake by everyone else gets magnified, gets amplified when Zach is awful, when the quarterback can't do the basic things. Everyone else's mistakes look bigger because they need to be perfect. And I'm sure that's in their head. You probably know this better than I do. You know that I have to be perfect for this guy to succeed. If if that's on your mind, I'm sure it's much more difficult to play football that way. It is. It is. And, and you saw the, the first drive. We, the first drive, we give up a fumble. And, yeah. and the defense, again, is forced to play their defense again. And they and forced then we the three get, and out. That was when Tyrod's still in the game. Exactly. And that was with Tyrod. Exactly. And they held up. The defense held up their bargain. Let's be honest. Like, we, we talked about them improving on third downs, and they did exactly that last night. I mean, you're talking about 19 opportunities on third down. That's unheard of Yeah, from a defense. Like 19, and you only give up four conversions. Now, we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about the, the penalties that converted in the first downs, but yeah. we're talking about four, four first downs you gave up out of 19 from a defensive standpoint. And then the offensive side of the ball, we just continue to struggle. We continue to struggle in all the, all the areas that we so badly need to improve, let alone – the the New York Giants offensive line and defensive line, just from looking from my standpoint, looked like they controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They had Zach Wilson running for his life. And even and even our defense, you saw some of those runs where I've never seen our D line be moved like they were being moved last night. I mean, even even four yard runs. That, that's yeah, an efficient that's- run. But how many of those came late in the game when I said, like, they're tired. where they're running over and over <laughs> and over again? And the Jets tired. defense is on the field for 40, 40 that's what I'm minutes. Saying. Like, it's, it's, and, that's, and that's what I told you. When you look at it from a statistic standpoint, 
everyone has to compliment each other. You know what I mean? Like you could say, oh, they gave up what 138 yards rushing. Well, that was on 38 attempts by him. That's yeah, under that's that's under efficient run. That's good yeah, job. They, the the Giants offense averaged, I think, 3.8 yards per carry, and they still had 200 y- rushing yards in the game, but they ran the ball 54 times. And, and 2.9 overall per yeah. attempt. Yeah, like that's that's a that's great. You know, it's and Bart Scott, it, it, we hear him talking about the defense giving up 130. Bart, you know what it felt like being out there yeah. late in the fourth quarter, and and you on the field for almost 40 minutes. 40 minutes, exactly. That's a third of the, that. What is like a third third of the game for you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, like two thirds of the game for you, man. Like, yeah, that's they're tough. on the field. Exactly. That's what that's what I'm saying. They're they're on the field for two thirds of the game. And part of the reason they're on the field for two thirds of the game is because the offense can't sustain drives. And how do you sustain drives by picking up third downs? They were over 13, their first 13 on third downs. And it's not like all of them were super long. They were all third and manageable. How many times did they have third and one, third and two, third and four? I counted. They were third and it was third and six or less. I think 12 of the 13 times. I think they had one third and 10. Sorry. I think one third and 10 and one third and 11. Otherwise, it was always short yardage situations. It was always manageable. Third and six, third and five, third and five, third and four, third and three. Those you have to pick up. You have to pick those up in the NFL. And so you can look at at Zach Wilson and people are like, well, he had 240 passing yards and a touchdown and no picks. Dude, he had 50 passing yards on, on that one play to Brees Hall, the check down that he ran for a touchdown. He had another 50 passing yards on the last drive where they kicked the field goal. I don't even know where the other 140 passing yards came from. I guess it was all checkdowns on first and second down because he couldn't get a third down. He didn't pick up a single third down the whole game. So how did he have 240 passing yards after watching that game? I have no idea. But don't tell me he was good. Like statistically cool. Like fine. It was awful. And that's why the defense struggled at the end of the game. I'm shocked the defense was able to make that last stand. Yeah, honestly, um, I, I... A couple of those calls on third down, and listen, I know it's a lot of pressure on the thing that had having Zach Wilson as his quarterback. Like, there's, you know, your game plan was you came in thinking you were going to coach Aaron Rodgers, but now you have a Zach Wilson. So you have to go all the way back to square one. But on third and short, third and one, I'm tired of seeing, I'm, I'm tired of seeing play action. Zach Wilson standing back there, patting the ball, then throwing it away. Run the football. Third and one, run the football. Brees Hall is a beast. Run the football on 31, third and short. You have to. You have to convert those. So a lot of that not only goes on Zach Wilson, but I'm looking at skill guys not getting open. So a, a lot of it, you know, we wanna we wanna pinpoint Zach Wilson, but a lot of that has to do with play calling. One, play calling. I saw a lot of blitzing from the New York Giants. So at what point do you get to your playbook and say, hey, this is what's going to be a blitz. Let's call it. Let's set our guys up. That's what it's all about. You as a play caller cannot play. You can only put your players in the best position. So how can we not be a blitz on third down and forward? Run some crossing routes. Do something. Get the ball out quick. Like force them to tackle us. You can't sit back there and allow this man who's been struggling all year I think he can drop back and hold on to the ball for three, four seconds when we're when we have we're down to our third string O line. You can't. So you have to you have to set him up in the best way to be successful. Like you have to get to your man beaters. I'm sitting there watching the New York Giants blitz the crap out of this team. 
and nothing is being done. Now you can't you can't sit and blame Nathaniel Hackett, and you can't sit and fully blame Zach Wilson. Like I said, it looks like this team is just not communicating well. Like it, it, this is where Aaron Rodgers would have been great because he identifies the blitz. And at what point do we do we get this from Zach Wilson? If I identify a blitz or am I'm sniffing a blitz out, I'm doing something and I'm on the same page as my skill guys. Zach Wilson's just not that commander that we need in this situation with a talented team, a young talented team. Let's be honest. Like outside of outside of um Randall Cobb, who didn't who was inactive yes. yesterday, yep. you have a young team. You have, you have a second-year running back, a second-year receiver, a rookie receiver. <laughs> like So you need that veteran leadership from the most important position on the field right now. And Zach Wilson looked like he's not filling that role, just even from a leader standpoint, not even a player, a leader standpoint. You have to be on the same page. It's just sickening that I watch over and over the New York Giants blitz us and we cannot beat the blitz. So guess what's going to happen, Rami? Guess who's going to look at this film and say, oh, just blitz them. Their skill guys are not getting open. <laughs> Their quarterback panics under pressure. Guess who's going to mimic? This is a copycat lead. Yeah. Teams are going to see this and say, we're coming, we're coming after the quarterback. Yeah, we're going to see it every single week, 100%. And you talk about it. it's all mental with him. It's been all mental with Zach Wilson this whole time. You know how I know that? Because think about it. Maybe you want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say guys weren't open. I'm sure Hackett was calling quick play after quick play after quick play. I'm sure of it. And he's probably sitting back there. Look, we have to watch the film. I don't know. But you have to sit back there and just assume that Nathaniel Hackett's not an idiot, right? And I think it's mental with Zach because you saw when his back was against the wall right on that last drive with 24 seconds. He just threw it up twice and didn't think, didn't hesitate. When they were down 17, his best game of his career was against Kansas City, down 17, nothing to lose. Just take a couple of chances and throw it up, make plays. But when he has time to sit back there and think, he's like, oh my God, I'm panicked. And he starts hesitating and he doesn't want to turn the ball over and he's scared to turn it over. So he doesn't take any chances. You know, the thinking, the popular thinking is, well, if you have a great defense, just take care of the ball, right? And that way you don't turn it over and let your defense make plays. I think it's become the opposite with the Jets where it's like your defense is so good. Even if you turn the ball over a couple of times, which by the way, you're going to turn the ball over anyway, Zach, you turned it over twice, even without throwing bad interceptions. So you're trying to save the turnovers. The turnovers will find you, Zach Wilson, but take some chances because you have such a great defense, throw the ball downfield a couple of times, risk throwing it into a couple of tight windows because maybe something good will happen. But sitting back there, like you said, the book is out on the Jets. Everyone's just going to be like, hey, as long as we don't turn the ball over and we just run the ball, we don't have to do anything. This team, this kid, Zach Wilson, is going to beat himself. Yep. I, I think so. And like I said, it's a copycat lead. But who do you blame right now? You know, I, I know you mentioned like, as, as a coaching staff, like bringing on somebody else, but man, I, I'll tell you as a player right now is it's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than Robert Sala right now. Having say so over Zach Wilson, being a starting quarterback right now. 
is bigger than him. Who who is coming from? I don't know. But played this game for nine years. Talk to coaches. Coaches will tell you it's over my head. Yeah, it's over my head, and I think that's you can kind of see that frustration between Robert because he did go on to say we 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 pretty much shut down three of the top quarterbacks in the league. And that's him saying, I know my defense is good. I don't have say-so over there. I think that's an underhand of saying that. But, man, you almost got to feel sorry for our defense and, and, and the rest of the team, man, just watching our offense. I mean, <laughs> to have Tommy DeVito come in and almost beat us as a third-string quarterback, negative nine-yard passing on 14 attempts is is embarrassing. And I don't know what needs to be done over there. You know, I, I listened to my, my, my former teammates, Willie Cologne and Bart Scott, and their frustration. We're all frustrated as former players because we've been in that position and we understand what it entails to be a professional and to see Zach get chance after chance after chance. I feel Willie when he was like, if we performed like that, we wouldn't have had a job. Absolutely not. And you can't tell me right now that Zach Wilson is a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Like, exactly. Yeah. Give Trevor. It's almost, Honestly, I talked about it last week and we talked about it. I thought it was going to get to a point where this week, this Giants week, was the week that if he didn't perform well, he was getting pulled. And we didn't see that. And we did not see that. So what week is it going to be when there's a close game and they understand that every week now becomes a bigger and bigger game as you get closer and closer to the playoffs? And what game is it going to be when this organization, I won't say staff because it's over them sometimes, say, okay, now we need to go a new direction, Zach. We gave you your opportunity. Like at what point you bring yeah, in Trevor, I, and we have to we have to see something differently, man. Or or it's going to be the it's going to be the same thing we saw a couple years ago. Um, no, last year I, I believe yeah, so. Last, last year. year, last year. Yep, I I totally agree, and I want to talk about that. We also have to talk about some positives because the Jets did win this game incredibly. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. I'm going to address what you just said because I, I do have a lot of thoughts on that. And then we will uh, talk about some positives, give you our player of the game, all that and a whole lot more coming up right after this. <sighs> all right, coming back, you set this up before the break. The last head coach to face the Giants twice in a row was Joe Walton in, in the 1980s. He coached the team from 1982, I think, to 1989, which basically essentially means the Jets haven't had a head coach who lasted four years because you play the Giants every four years. So obviously... It doesn't exactly line up like that. If you if you face them in the middle of your tenure, then you could end up being there for long. Like I think uh, I think Rex was there for five years or whatever, or six years. But he didn't face the Giants twice. The last one to do it for the Jets as a head coach was in the 1980s. And from what I saw yesterday, this head coach is not going to face the Giants twice in his career either. This was his first time, and you think this guy's lasting another four years? Why did he feel the need to hold Zach in this game? Look, a lot of people say like, if you replace the quarterback, then you can't go back to him. That's not the case because he's a backup. So you can always go back to him. 
he's a backup quarterback. So you just brought in a different backup quarterback. But one thing you for sure do is when they see you, and you talked about this with Willie, when you're not holding Zach accountable, the rest of the team does that. And forget about during the game, after the game, you won the game. Take the opportunity to hold the kid accountable. Go to the press conference. Don't say, I saw improvement. Like, here's my question for you. If the Jets, would it have been better for the Jets to lose that game? Because then at least you don't have those two plays that you could point to at the end of the game where you ran up and spiked the ball and he had a nice throw in overtime. If they lose the game, then there's no positive. Then you lost to a team that had negative eight yards. Then you lost in a game where you didn't convert a third down. Like, would that have been ultimately better for the long-term success of this team? Like, would they have then made a decision to bench Zach Wilson? I don't know. Honestly, I'm stuck in the middle because selfishly, I want to see this team win regardless of how it looks. Agreed. I, I do. But sometimes when you lose, certain things get moved around. And the reason I don't want to see this team lose to see Zach Wilson lose his job is because the defense deserved to win and the special teams deserved to win. Um, as a player, you have conversations with coaches. You do. And some coaches keep it real. They keep it all the way real about some of the things that go on in those, those uh, front office meetings, coaches meetings. They, they keep it real. They keep it honestly real with you. Some guys, they don't. To me, I think there needs to be a change at the position. And I would hate for it to be too late. And when I mean too late, I mean coming in the second half. I think I think this needs to be an evaluation at halftime next week. If we continue to struggle with these next two opponents who are struggling right now, there needs to be a change at the quarterback position. Like, you have to give us some kind of a hope right now. And I think right now in the quarterback position, I think Trevor Simeon give us, gives us the best chance to be in any game now. Right? I think I think the our defense will keep us in this thing. That's starting to get old. Because if they don't go out and create turnovers, then we're going to be right back to square one. And I think putting Trevor Simeon and as a starting quarterback, gives the New York Jets a chance to win the rest of our games. That's it. And poor, poor Robert. And, and you know, just looking at it from afar, when I saw it in training camp, the GM and the head coach, they they seem to look like they get along. They look like they get along. They look like they're friends. All right, but it, also there's business. We saw what Sam Donald happened to Sam. Sam Donald, right? And I don't think Joe wants that for this organization with that being his guy, his pick, or who, or whoever pick it was. But I think it's, it's time because the defense deserve it, the special teams deserve it, and, and quite frankly, I think the, the fan base deserves it. Yeah, and the thing about the pick is that you already replaced the pick. You already admitted that he's not going to be it this year by bringing in Aaron Rodgers. You said, this kid isn't ready for this season and probably beyond this season. So I get trying not to take a loss on the pick, but you pretty much admitted that the pick sucked. The kid's not good. And you're, you're 
handcuffing Robert Sala, he can't do his job properly if he can't hold him accountable like everyone else. Because think about it. We talk about the mistakes. The, the, uh, the Jermaine Johnson roughing the passer. The Quincy Williams roughing the passer. Those two penalties led to a touchdown. The Michael Clemens offside on the punt that led to extending that drive, right? Otherwise, the Jets get a stop right there. They have good field position. Who field, knows what yeah. Exactly. Those are inexcusable. But how can you go hold those guys accountable as a head coach if they see that you're not holding the guy at the most important position accountable? So you lose all credibility, Robert Sala, as a coach. No one's going to listen to you anymore. You're going to lose the room. Last year, they were 7-4. and four. They lost six games in a row at the end of the year, not only because he, he lost the players, but he lost the room, right? He lost these guys, not just Zach Wilson, but you lose everyone by keeping Zach Wilson in there because no one's going to listen to you when they see that you're not holding the guy at the most important position accountable. Yeah, and I agree. Um, but I'm sure there has been a lot of communication between coach and player. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's already been discussed. I guarantee you. And would it kill him to say something publicly about the kid? I know the kid's so fragile, but just say something. We all well, see I it. Mean, it, but it, you know, obviously, I'm sure they know. You, everybody knows. Zach knows he needs to play better. But what you you don't want to create that separation in public. Like I told you, you have to keep it in house. As much as you want to say certain things, like there's certain things you want to put out in public, right? That's just you know, but, but <laughs> to keep the to keep it together. That has to be understanding in the building. Like, I'm sure Zach knows. I'm sure Zach's walking around the facility, looking at everybody, probably uncomfortable coming in, coming to work. I'm sure his conversations are very minimal with people. He's uncomfortable. I'm telling you, I already know how the feeling is when guys are coming into the, to the locker room. It's almost like that unknown source that someone kind of has an idea of who was the unknown source <laughs> in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How's that better for the team? Like, I, I get what you're saying. How's that better for the team to have Zach Wilson walking around on eggshells around everyone and everyone looking at him like, this guy's costing us again. Like, why is that better than just benching him? Or, you know what? Here's an idea. Phantom injury. Just say, oh, he hurt his shoulder on one of those plays. He got hit really hard. He got hit a ton yesterday. He hurt his shoulder. He needs to sit for a week and see what it looks like with, with Trevor Simeon. And that way, if it doesn't work out, bring Zach back next week. Just say he's hurt. Like, Everyone outside the building, everyone inside the building probably knows it's just fake just to give him some time. But like, do something. Speaking of injuries, did you see Daniel Jones? They announced today, this morning, so you might not have seen us right before we started recording, that he was cleared to play on Sunday before the game. He was cleared for contact. And they didn't. They already ruled him out, so he didn't play. I don't know, just weird. Oh, well, they probably cleared him because he didn't get any reps during practice. And it was like, no. Nah. No, they said he was getting reps, though. They said he, he was, was running the, they said he was running the, the scout team. Yeah, but he wasn't getting um he wasn't he wasn't getting like first team reps. Got so it. The, that scout team is only you being the look team for right. the starting defense. So he wasn't getting the reps and they probably thought that the best. Neither time was Tommy was, DeVito. <laughs> yeah, that's why they ran the ball with him. Yeah. It's like when I give you any passes, look, run the ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like even if, you know, I mean, they knew the mission. They knew once Tyrod went down, they knew we got to run the ball. We're not, we're not but for, that's that's what every team's going to do, right? Just don't turn yeah. the ball over. We'll just, just run it down your throat. Yeah, just run the ball Zach over. Zach can't do anything. Do you think that's something you can do? Like, say, hey, this guy's banged up. Let's just see. We're going into the game with Trevor. Like, it happens all the time. Yeah. It, it happens all the time. But I think now it'll be so obvious. 
that people would know, know why he's getting benched. And but but at the end of the day, it's a business. It's a cutthroat business. Yeah, Who cares? He's not good. Like you're gonna lose. I'm sorry. He's not good. Like I, I understand. I understand that you know you have injuries on the offensive line, but so, some of the things that I've seen now with Zach Wilson, it, it, he's not a he's not a starting quarterback in this in this in this league. You know, it, you 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 want the, the the biggest thing for this this business with the with the dressing 46 men is you need the talent margin between your first string and your second string to be as small as possible. And right now there's a huge gap between, we you know, Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson. Now I do, I believe that Trevor Simeon can give us a better chance to win the game because he will take those, those throws that we're talking about. He will be that veteran that can check the ball down, but he has to fully understand the offense. So they're probably prepping him for this. They're probably saying, some of the things I had a coach tell me, hey, maybe just one more week getting him ready, and then we see Trevor Simeon. Maybe we see Trevor Simeon. Maybe they think we can squeeze past these three opponents, and then we'll see a Trevor Simeon going back into the divisional game. I don't know. But Robert Sala has to separate the players coach from business and say Zach Wilson is not a starting quarterback. His, and I've gave guy, you know me, I've been here saying Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, and giving him a shot. And I'm just not seeing it. Man. The thing about it is at this point, that you, you're gonna cost yourself your job, Robert Sala. Like we talked about this. We're back to square one where we were when they were one and two before the Kansas City game. When we were talking to Joe Beningo, and we we're like, you're gonna cost yourself your job because if you keep riding this kid, you're going to just lose these games. It's impossible for them to win with him. I, I don't want to do it anymore because we, we, we've gone in circles now just talking about it, but I just don't yeah. see like, I don't see it getting better. And I think they just, they need to make a change. They, they need to now because what's it going to take? If not this, what's it going to take for them to make a change? This is as bad as it's looked. And I'm sorry. It, I, I want him to be good. I want this kid to be good. I do. People think I'm not rooting for him just because I, I'm, I'm saying it the way it is. It's not true. I, I am rooting for him. He's just he's just not good at football. He's awful at football. It, it sucks to watch. Um, I, I don't want to talk about the negative anymore. At the end of the day, they win. They're, they're four and three. The positive... Special teams, number one, Thomas Moore said he had three punts that landed inside the five yard line. He had more playing time essentially than Zach Wilson and Greg Zerline hitting those kicks at the end, right? The game tying and game winning field goal, getting out there on the field. Um, everyone loves our guy, right? Everyone's coming out there. I, how many times be honest, how many times on this podcast have I called Thomas Moore said the player of the game? Almost like every three, week. I think like three or four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, almost. He's, I mean what? 10 punts, 11 punts. No touchbacks, three times inside the five. Yeah, that's insanity. Pro Bowl status. That's Pro Bowl. Dude was now. Ridiculous. Now I would I would highlight this. I would highlight this. Right, there were a few times where he outkicked his coverage, and what I mean by he he got to get a little more hang time on his balls. Like he's 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 got to he's got to put some hang time on it because you know he's punting the ball. He got he has big leg, but <laughs> with a dangerous returner. That's something that you do not want to see as a as a special team guy running down trying to cover a, a pump returner, fast switch guy that can change direction. And we saw also, a couple of times where that that man almost you know the, the returner almost a couple of tackles that he was almost to the house and he was an aggressive runner. So you would just hate to see that. That's the only thing that 
I would address with him as a special team coach of just making sure that we get more air under the ball to, you know, allow our guys to get down there and cover. I will say though, Justin Hardy being out probably has something to do with that because he's usually the guy who's first down the field and he's, he's obviously on injury reserve with more said also, I mean, he must be doing this every time it lands inside the five yard line bounces. It always spins back. Like he has the perfect backspin on it. Every time I'm sure that's something that he works on. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, they work on that all day. Um, but I think the weather, I think the weather allowed that to happen as well. Cause when you, when it's raining like that, that turf is kind of soft. It ain't that hard turf anymore. So it's almost like golf. You know what I mean? Like when, when it's a wet surface, that ball's not bouncing like it's normally bouncing. Um, so, you know, that had a, that had a big part of the game plan. Um, but I mean, he's doing a great job kicking and, and pinning guys and opponents inside. He's, he's been doing it all year. He's been rever- reversing field. And also on the last field goal, the game-winning field goal, it was a bad snap. And Thomas Morrison was the holder. He caught it and, and got it down. And and just in time, right, for Greg Zerline to kick it through. So a great job by Thomas Morstead. Um, You mentioned the turf. MetLife Stadium has a problem with the turf. I know they replaced it this year, but how many times are we going to see guys go down with injuries? It's bad. Um, I hate turf. I like grass. Bring, bring grass back. Please, the entire league, bring bring it back. I mean, you, you're talking about uh, turf not giving, and you know you're talking about like ACLs, and now we're seeing an Achilles, second Achilles. You see Kirk Cousins go down with an Achilles, who we thought we were going to get in a trade. I would have traded for him this week, <laughs> but you know the turf it just doesn't give, man. And you know outside of that, man, I, I knew a, a few veterans that did not practice on the turf during the week if we had to go inside or practice on turf like guys did not practice because they were like it, it causes inflammation like it's sore you're sore the next day yeah. uh it's just a harder surface uh not only do you see acls but you know just helmet the turf is it's a lot different than her helmet the grass it's just a different surface man and honestly i think a lot of guys appreciate the grass over the artificial grass man and i think they need to reconsider probably changing that back to grass honestly and probably also during the week, you said they're practicing on grass. To go from practicing on grass to then play on the turf, it's probably such a mm-hmm. different change for their, for your body. Like, I can imagine that's not great. Um, there are other good in the game. There was more good was the defense. I did think as much as we kind of said that they had to be better, maybe, but it's hard to be much better, right? Quentin Jefferson, I thought, was awesome in this game. Bryce Huff had a sack. Jermaine Johnson, despite the big penalty, had two sacks. They were on the field forever. And I thought the biggest drive was after Zach gets sacked on fourth and 10, they hold this team. They force them another three and out. And then the missed field goal, Will McDonald jumps over the line to distract Graham Gano and get a missed field goal. Like, that's huge. They could have rolled over. They could have given up and just said the game was over. But just to get the ball back to the Jets offense with 24 seconds left, a great defensive stand again by this Jets defense. You can't say enough about this Jets defense. You can't. And and I think this guy, uh, CJ Mosley, um, I think he led the team, he led the team in tackles this week. And I was happy to see that from him, man. Cause I know we talk about we talk about uh Quincy a lot. And I don't think I don't think CJ has been talked about much on, on our podcast. Yep. You have to respect him in the middle. 
that you have to have a general in the middle. And, and, and that plays a part in why our defense is so good. You have to, it starts with that middle linebacker, putting everybody in position, man. So my hats off to them. The defense, they, they'll go 40 minutes on the field, almost 40 minutes. They played, they played a great game. Yeah, and even when I think the one time we talked about CJ the most was when we brought up Quincy Williams to Quinnen, and Quinnen's like, "Well, credit CJ for how good Quincy's been," and so like yeah. that's that 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 was part of it. Um, credit where credits due. Zach Wilson on that last drive, I mean, the two throws stops thinking, and then a third string center Xavier Newman, who's ne- who he was called up from the practice squad squad right before the game, right, which was heads up by the Jets for doing that. His ability to go run up and spot the ball. Of course, Kayvon Thibodeau, who had an incredible game, jumps offside to give them extra time, right? If he doesn't jump offside, they don't accept the penalty. But if he doesn't jump offside, the clock doesn't stop at 17 seconds. And then the Jets for sure wouldn't have had time to get two more plays off. But they have time. He gets the ball downfield uh, and they score. Like he's running away from the rush again. Zach Wilson makes a great throw on the run down the middle uh, to, I, I guess it was... Um, was it to Lazard on that last Lazard, pass? Alan Lazard. Yeah, and then they they get it, they get there, they spot it. The referee comes in and taps the ball real quick after give after Newman spots the ball right, uh, mm-hmm. and then they spike it. So credit to them on that one. And another guy, Garrett Wilson, had a hundred yards in this game. How do you have a hundred yards with the way Zach Wilson played in that game? Uh, incredible. It seemed like every catch Garrett made was an impossible catch to make. Like. Think about it. That's another 100 yards right there from Zach. That if Garrett doesn't make seven incredible catches in this game, like none of them were normal catches. They were all contested, contorting his body in some ridiculous way. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And and you, you'd you like to see Garrett Wilson get in the end zone more. I mean, that guy deserves For it. Sure. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great player. And he's the guy on the, on the from the receiver standpoint. He's the guy. He's the guy. Brees is the guy. Uh, like you said, man, Zach Wilson in that last drive, is Zach Wilson playing loose? Can we get that yeah, Zach? Not thinking. Just let it go, man. Like, like stop being. We know so he has uptight. the talent, but but the critic just from a player, the criticism that you have to endure, right? He has to, from a mental standpoint, he has to understand he's in a tough market. I get it. He's probably thinking about if I throw this, I'm thinking throwing another interception, another completion. Now my stats. There's a whole bunch of things going through your head as a player. Like I can tell you that now from a former player's perspective, yep. but. There's nothing to lose on that. And he did a good job. Two good throws. Placed the ball perfectly to those guys. Got outside the pocket. Extended extended the play because that that New York Giants defensive line was in the backfield all night. It, I mean, yep. you saw what they did to Brees. Brees, what, 16 yards rushing or something like yeah. that? Something crazy. Never seen that, right? I mean, his only explosive play was the 50-yard the run. Like, well, well, that also, defensive line came to play, you know? If you can't pick up first downs, you don't get in a rhythm. Like the Giants started getting more success running the ball later in the game because they wore the defense down. They just couldn't pick up any first downs. So Brees couldn't get a bunch of handoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, but still though, it you just never seen Brees detained like that. It's true. That I mean, it, but again, I've been in a situation as a, as a running back where you have to you're forced to play behind these guys who are elevated the same week from the practice yeah. squad. And then you go out there and it's like, this guy's lost. He don't even know what's going on. Like, you got to understand, this guy probably don't even know the calls. And he's a center. <laughs> and yeah. so you have to – the center is the guy that gets all the calls to his alignment. So there were so many ugly things about that game. I'm just happy that the team fought to the end. And honestly, just happy to see a win 
for for, yeah. for the Jets fans. Honestly, I am. Yeah, again, a win is a win. That's the biggest takeaway. We need to see major improvement to save the season. The season's on the line still. But you take the win because those things that need to be changed, it's much easier while you still have a season to say, hey, let's fix these things. Hey, Zach Wilson, go out there and play carefree. I don't think they're making a change at quarterback. You don't think they're making a change at quarterback yet. I think they should, but they're not going to. And so we want this kid to just go out there and play carefree, play without thinking like he hit on those last two throws of the fourth quarter. By the way, before we get to our player of the game, because we're going to go to our player of the game, just a quick message to Giants fans who are like, oh, the Jets are so proud of themselves. Congrats on your Super Bowl that you you won. You beat a third-string quarterback. If the Giants had won this game, the Giants fans, you'd be celebrating like you won the Super Bowl also. So we don't need to hear it. Your season's over. You can pack up. You can tank the rest of the way. Congrats on getting Daniel Jones back. I'm sorry. As far as player of the game, everyone's jumping on my bandwagon. I was on the Thomas Morstead train for the entire season. I'm sorry. Welcome aboard, everyone. But at least give me some credit for that. We put out a poll to the fans. We do this every week, and you can vote on it on my Twitter and Bilal's Twitter, uh, who the player of the game was. The choices were Greg Zerlon, Thomas Morstead, Brees Hall, and CJ Mosley. 89% of the vote right now is, has gone to Thomas Morstead. 7% to Greg Zerlon, 1% to Brees Hall, and 3% to CJ Mosley. Who is your player of the game for the Jets? Thomas. Yeah, Thomas Morstead. Is he did a great job? I mean, it was it was probably the best highlight of the game. Honestly, just watching this man pin the New York Giants inside the five three times. But, did I you mean, see the highlight reel? Somebody posted like a highlight reel video from this game. No, I didn't. It, yeah, is it just great. all Thomas? Yep. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. <laughs> That's so, funny, man. Yeah, I agree with you. And Thomas quote tweeted it. And Thomas also after the game, like he was emotional after the game. Somebody was talking to like they had a post-game interview and he's like, you know, I was I was cut by the Saints. I was pretty much in retirement a couple of years ago and the Jets picked me up. So when I had the opportunity because he, someone got hurt, so the Jets picked him up. And of course, they had Braden Mann last year. Uh, but think about it. Last year, they had a game against the Patriots that right is 3-3 till the end. And the punter shanks a line drive punt and it gets returned for a touchdown to win the game. If Thomas has one bad punt in this game of the 15 punts that he had, the Jets probably lose this game. So incredible stuff. He was able to keep kept over and over reversing field position. He's my player of the game. And he said like... In the conditions too, Ronnie. Yeah. Like, let's think about it. That ball's wet. That, you get a long snap. I mean, for him to just be able to catch that ball, punt it, like, and punt a heavy ball, those balls are heavy when it's raining. That, yeah. that leather gets heavy. So, uh, listen, Thomas is definitely the player of the game. All right, dude. I, I don't know what to say anymore. There's not much else to say. This game is um, not great, right? It was just tough. A win's a win. I wish we could be more positive. Maybe going into next week, like going into next game, we'll be more positive. Next game's on a Monday night, so we're not going to have another victory Monday. Um, but I don't know. Back at like, home. Back at home. Back just back just at take care night. of business, right? Just take care of business. All right. Yeah. Let's let's keep winning. Hopefully they keep winning. I'll, I'll see you later this week. All right? All right, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.